The Profit Constructors presents Construction Junction, the junction between accounting and construction. Please welcome our host, Tanya Schulte. Welcome back uh, to our first podcast of the new year, 2023. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Construction Junction podcast. As you just heard, my name is Tanya Schulte and I am your host. We're so glad that you are here. If you're a new listener here in the new year, welcome. We're glad to have you. And if you've been with us for quite some time, um, we're so glad to be entering into a whole new year and have you joining us again in the new year. So welcome back. Um, Today, we're going to be talking to someone that I think in terms of uh, advisors and folks that you want to have around you, this is one of the most important people that a construction owner can have on their team. And when I say construction owner, honestly, I'm going to say, because I've benefited from this exact type of professional advice in the past, it's someone that any business owner needs to have on their team. It's lonely at the top. How many times have we heard that? Um, and it's it's so true that when you are when you own a small business and you are there at the top and you're leading everyone, and especially in that small business space where a lot of times um, we come into it um, knowing that we know how to do our craft or our trade really well, but we're not entirely sure about how to run a business from all different aspects, whether that's from things we can help with on the accounting side or whether it's um, setting up how your company should operate and flow. Um, maybe it's handling issues with employees or team members. Um, maybe it's determining when is it time to hire a marketing team. There's just so many different aspects of operating the business that don't come as easy as the thing that we started the business to do because we enjoy doing it, whether that's um, you know plumbing or installing HVAC systems, or in my case, accounting, whatever it is that was that spark um, that you went, I'm really good at this and I could go out and do this for other people. And then suddenly in the day-to-day, you find yourself going, oh my goodness, what was I getting myself into? And I don't know where to turn. I don't know who to ask these questions of. I don't know where to find these answers. I don't know what's the next best step to take. And that's why I wanted to bring on our expert today. His name is Rick Harris, and he is with WorkBoots Consulting. And um, I'm so excited to have him joining us today because, like I said, I think this is one member of your um, advisory team that every business owner should for sure put on the roster. And often it's interesting. I've, I've seen, and it was the case in my own business. I'm not throwing anyone under the bus here because I've done the exact same thing. Um, we don't know what we don't know, and we don't even know that we need this type of help. Um, it's often like the last person we add to the advisory team. We know we need an accountant. Typically we know we need a lawyer typically. Um, and a lot of times we'll say, Oh, I need this person to help me do marketing or whatever are those other, um, positions that we feel comfortable and know that we ought maybe ought to outsource. And then it seems like we just don't go out and seek out uh, a business coach or a business consultant, someone who can come alongside us and sort of be a sounding board and help us through those hard times, help us know the things that we don't know, um, lend their experience, maybe even just sometimes lend a listening ear when everything's crashing down around you as the owner and you don't know what's the next thing to do or 
um, how to hold up the pieces and make sure that that next big thing doesn't crash right next to you. Um, that's what this type of advisor can bring to the table. And it's oh so important uh, in my estimation to have that type of person on the team. So with that as an introduction about what we're going to be talking about today, and now you know how truly important I feel that it is uh, for your business. I know it was important in mine and I've seen it be so incredibly helpful in many of our clients' businesses as well. I'm going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk with Rick and find out, um, kind of who he is and what he does and what sets him apart as he's serving clients uh, in the trades area. So we'll come right back. If you would like to share your company or product on the construction junction, please email hello at theprofitconstructors.com. All right. Welcome back. Um, I am so grateful uh, to have Rick Harris joining us with Work Boots Consulting. Welcome, Rick. Thanks, Anya. I'm glad to be here. Uh, um, it's been a few months since we last chatted. I think we went through holidays and several things. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm just going to ask for my own sake and then for our audience sake, everyone that's listening out there today, um, just tell us again what it is that you really do for your clients. Kind of who do you serve and how did you get into doing this? Well, it's interesting. So somebody asked me one time, you know, give me a visual of what it is you do. And I said, I'm like a first responder for, for, for contractors. So I will come in take a look at what's going on with the business and kind of diagnose where you're at, triage you and, and go through the entire process. And the reason that I love doing this is because I was that contractor. I was that GC. I was that plumbing business owner. I was that individual who who said, you know, we need systems and processes in our business. And I remember saying to a client recently, it's like, well, I need systems and processes. I said, yeah, you already have them. I said, they're just really, they were just really crappy. So, so I work with, you know, as Michael Gerber talks about it, the individual who's had the entrepreneurial seizure. So it's usually, you know, somebody who's uh, a plumber, an electrician, carpenter, whatever, and they decide, you know, I'm, I'm sick of working for somebody else. I'm going to start my own business. Can't be that difficult. You know, so off they go. And before they know it, they're in this, you know, spin cycle of, you know, just bad job after bad job after bad job, not knowing their numbers and that sort of thing. So that's what I do is I come in and I can control the, uh, the craziness and the chaos that, that comes with being a business owner. I love that. Yeah, you mentioned Michael Gerber. If uh, folks don't know who that is, he wrote the book, The E-Myth. Um, and then there've been a lot of spinoffs from the E-Myth, right? So like the E-Myth contractor, I actually own the E-Myth for bookkeepers, I think is either accountants and bookkeepers, accountants, accountants, bookkeepers. Um, yeah, I think one of the things that really touched me when I first started diving into some of the E-Myth concepts was that we as business owners, and I'm just as much in this as all of our clients, and I'm sure most of your clients, um, and, and probably you yourself, Rick, one of the hardest things is acknowledging the things that you do well, and also being willing to let go of the things that you need to let go of and let others do things for you. Um, I think every contractor that gets into business, you know, looks at, you know, the, the things that they can do and they get their, you know, their partner, their friend or themselves to, you know, buy QuickBooks and start doing the own bookkeeping online. And they figure that's the easiest thing to do. And, you know, I remember I did the exact same thing because it was easy to invoice, but the rest of it is just, you know, complete mess. But yeah, we have to realize that we have our strengths and we have our challenges and your 
challenges are things that you need to either stop doing or get somebody else to do for you. Yeah, no, 100%. And even like I said, not to delve too far into my own business, but even when I first brought on team members, it was hard to learn um, how to let them struggle. Like I wanted to just like step in and fix mistakes for them. Um, and mm-hmm. so, yeah, I can see that. I see that happening with a lot of our clients as well, too, as they struggle to grow their business and it goes beyond just perhaps them and their truck to maybe they've now hired uh, someone else to come in and do some boots on the ground work with them alongside them or for them. Um, and it's hard for them not to just sort of go along behind and fix everyone's mistakes, but it's, but to, to teach them how to fix their own mistakes, I think is, is the mark of a really good leader. Yeah. And, and, and it's interesting. I just had a discussion with somebody about getting interrupted by people. And, you know, I said to them, the reason you're getting interrupted by your team as much as you are is because you have a big red button on your head, forehead that says easy and mm-hmm. your team will come to you and press that red button rather than trying to figure th- things out. And, you know, I've said to business owners in the past, I said, your team is wired, all, they're all wired the same way. I said, you're the only one that's wired differently. I said, who do you think has to adapt? It's you. So mm-hmm. um, it's knowing what you should be doing and knowing when to let go and letting your team go out there, like you said, try something and be safe and feeling that they can fail. Nothing wrong with trying. If you fail, you fail. Yeah. One of the things I kind of wanted to highlight uh, in our discussion today, because I think it's so important for so many business owners to really hear and take in and understand is that hiring someone who is a coach or a consultant kind of in the way that you are, isn't a mark of failure. I think it's actually one of the biggest marks of success for businesses. I think so many um, business owners are are concerned that if they have to bring in that outside help, that that means they're not doing it right. And in actuality, what I've seen over and over and over again in my own business and in others is that when we're able to bring in that coach or consultant that can bring a fresh perspective and some outside eyes, that's actually one of the marks that we're, that we're really doing it right now that we've learned that there's stuff that we don't know. And if you don't know what you don't know, you need help to figure that, that stuff out. Yeah, no, no, hundred percent. And, and I totally agree with that. And it, it's a great way of putting it. And, you know, everybody, everybody thinks they can figure things out on their own. You know, it's like, Oh, I, I don't need to hire anybody. I'm going to do it myself. You know, it's just money at the door that I could use somewhere else. But, and I've heard it said before, and I guess I actually asked my classes, why are we doing business? And they, they would say, because I need a sounding board. I need a trusted advocate. I need somebody that I can, can who's done this before. And so when you say coach, it's, I mean, it's coach, trainer, consultant, mentor, you know, there's, I go through a lot of different phases when I'm meeting with somebody and being trained in all of those areas to be the coach, you know, that asks, you know, questions to be the consultant that helps you develop the processes to be the mentor to say hey these are the things that I've seen and having somebody to bounce those ideas off is is massively important because we all know if you're a contractor and you want to ask your buddy who does the same kind of contracting as you and so you say to them how's business they will never ever tell you the truth they will lie through their teeth and say things could not be better but inside they're dying and they wish they could they could get some help but they just don't know who to turn to Mm-hmm. And your chamber of commerce, God love them. They're just, they're just not, they don't, they're not capable of helping you. So you need somebody, whether it's, it's a, everybody needs a mentor, a coach, a trainer, or somebody to talk to who's going to be realistic with you and be honest with you. And that's the job of what it is I do. 
not yeah. to sugar, not to sugarcoat stuff, but to tell you the truth and to push you and to hold you accountable to yeah. get these things done. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To be that voice of reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so I have a business coach in my own practice and, um, mm-hmm. he, um, uh, he, um, brought together one of the other folks that is also one of his coaching consultants. And Mm -hmm. he suggested that that friend and I do business together. And so we sat down at the table, just the other um, person and I, and started to talk about it. And our coach saw what was happening and he sort of reinserted himself back into that conversation. And this is the way he put it to uh, someone else the other day. He said, I saw the two of you talking and you were going to nice each other to death. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh, it was like you weren't thinking of all of the things that could go wrong in this relationship of the two of you working together and so um I love that about my coach that he's smart enough to kind of see that that you know we really needed his help to say okay um how are we going to make this work how are the two of us going to work together and what are all of the things that could go wrong let's let's write those things down before they go wrong and discuss them now when we have level heads and no one's upset about anything and then say, this is how we're going to handle these situations. And so, yeah, yeah, you really have to have that outside, like I said, voice of reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and it's, you know, you you can't share, like I said, like you said, you can't sugarcoat stuff and be super nice about it. Sometimes you have to say, look, you know, you're an idiot. This is a horrible (laughs) idea. I don't think you should be doing this. And, and the, the, and it's funny. I said to one of the, one of my clients who's uh, uh, the other day, I said, I see, you know what I love about you? He said, I said, I cannot offend you because business owners are usually wired in a way where they don't take anything personal. Mm-hmm. It's strictly business. And, but usually one of their biggest fears is being taken advantage of. That is the, the for most business owners, that's their biggest fear is being taken advantage of. So when you can be honest with somebody and know they're not going to be offended by what you have to say, it's, 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 it's liberating to be, to be able to have those discussions. But I'm not saying every business owner is like that because some, depending on who, how they're wired, I speak to them in different ways. You know, the yeah. way that we, we go through the process is different, but yeah, you have to, you have to be honest with these people. You're doing them a disservice. You're actually lying to them. If they come to you with an idea and you say, this is what I'd like to do. And you're like, sure, sounds good. And then it falls, falls flat. They're looking back at you. It's like, you, you why did you let me fail like that? You know, I've you can't let them do those types of things. You have to say, no, this is a really bad idea. If you want to go ahead and do it, go ahead. But I'm yeah. against it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I'm glad you said that, that we've had conversations like that with clients in the past from the accounting standpoint too, of saying, I really don't think that this is going to be the best course of action for you to take, you know, whether it is, um, you know, trying to maybe hide something in the books or everything's like that. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're not here to tell people how to run their businesses. We're here to help them make their businesses better. But at the same time, we do give advice um, when we see that they're going down a path that's not going to go well. Um, and, you know, they can choose. They can choose whether to listen to the advice or not. But at least we always know at the end of the day that we've given the very best advice based on our years of experience. And like you were mentioning earlier, all the things that that we've seen in the past from being a part of these businesses and helping other business owners, you know, run with the big dogs. Yep. So um, tell us a little bit more when you were saying, I loved what you said earlier, like you, you wear a lot of different hats when you're working with clients, like coach, consultant, mentor, how does that really play out when you're working one-on-one with clients and how do you go through those different phases? 
Well, it was interesting. So when we started off with, you know, the initial conversation, like on, on our weekly or bi-weekly meetings, it's just very light. How are you doing? How are things going? You're doing okay. You know, what, what wins have you had, successes? And then we start getting into the, the meat of the matter, you know, the heart of what's going on. And that's when we ask them, the questions get more and more difficult, more and more in depth and they finding, and then I will, you know, I may ask them, why are you letting this happen? You know, why isn't this happening? You know, I get that you want to do X, Y, Z or Z, but do you realize what kind of challenge there is to doing those types of things? And then talking to them, you know, if they, they want, they're, they're talking about bringing on a partner. It's like, look, from my, this is where you become a mentor. From my personal experience, business partnerships are really, really, really bad idea. Mm-hmm. I've never seen one last that, that works well, unless it's a partnership, meaning like, you know, partners, you know, the husband, wife, you know, that, kind of, that type of thing. That, that is a partnership that can work. It, but you have to be very careful with it because I've seen that as well because of my family business. Yeah. and then becoming the trainer of actually this is how where you become a teacher like okay we're going to go through this and this is what you're going to do you know they tell me they have an issue with a, with a team member not responding to them the, the way they need and then we train I train them how to speak to that client and then a consultant where they say look I need um, I need a standard operating procedure for what whatever it, it is and or even explaining to them what a standard operating procedure is, because a lot of people don't even know what the, the terminology is. So that's where you become the consultant. It's like, look, I have this document, I will tweak it for you and I will send it for you. So that's what a consultant does. A consultant is, is there to do things for you and do things with you. So this is where you get into, this is where I'm a little bit different is that it's not a done for you program it's not a you do it. It's it's whatever it takes. You do some, I do some, I do it all, you do it all, whatever we have to do to get the program the program done. And you're not left alone. And the difference between me and other people is that I'm subscription-based, which means every month I have to earn my keep. And it may be a horrible business practice, but I had a new client who came on board. He was with me for a month, and the first month went really well really kind of chugging along. And then, you know what happened? You've seen it. He got sucked back out into the field, dealing with this, dealing with that. So we didn't meet once for the entire month of December. And despite me constantly reaching out to him to say, hey, we got to get together, we got to get together, we got to get together, we didn't meet for the month of December. So I avoided his invoice for December. I said, we, I gave you no value this month. In my eyes, I said, so well, the month of December is, is a wash. Let's re- hit the reset button and try again for January. So for me, because, you know, I've hired, I've hired coaches in the past and I've hired marketing people in the past and I've hired people that have come in and very smoothly and very graciously taken thousands of dollars out of my wallet and given me nothing in return. So I've had those snake oil salesmen come in, or salespeople come in and take, take from me without giving me anything back. So there's a lot of, distrust and people looking at you know other people sideways about you know if you knew so much about running a a contracting business why aren't you doing it yourself i could but i get more joy and more meaning out of helping people get control of their business than i do anything else so that's 
really why it is what I do. I know, I know the feeling of laying in bed at 11 o'clock at night, trying to go to sleep and then thinking, holy cow, I have payroll tomorrow and I don't know how I'm going to make it. Yeah. You know, or having that client call in and saying, you moron, you, you, your electrician screwed up the, the floor. You know, what am I going to do? Or not being able to take time off for a vacation. You know, your partner saying to you, hey, let's go on vacation. You know, surely you're making enough money. And I, and I know that feeling. And I know what it's like to get that phone call. Hey, just went through your taxes. Looks like you owe about 20000 for this and another fifteen for that. Okay, it would have been nice to know this maybe when I started my business instead of one, you know, a year in. Yeah. And, have, and having that feeling of panic. There shouldn't be... You shouldn't be panic when running your business. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't go to bed. You shouldn't be thinking, you know, you shouldn't be on the verge of tears. You shouldn't be on the verge of panic all the time. It shouldn't be that way. Yeah. It, there's an easier way to do it. I wish more of our clients had a Rick in their lives because um, we, you know, we come in and we build a lot of backend processes for them as well for accounting, like the backend office process. Um, but, you know, our team doesn't know enough about more of the front end front side of the work. So that's not something that we ever dive into. Um, And yeah, there's been many times where we've said to clients, you know, the more that we dive in and help you do these backend things, the more that we see how every part of your business sort of runs on 911s. And it just can't be like that. Like you, for a long-term sustainable business where you can have some peace of mind and be able to go on vacation and be able to take time off with your family, you just can't run your business like that. I've been very fortunate. Um, my husband, when we started this business about, um, we started almost seven years ago in February, we'll have been in business seven years. And, um, about a year in, I had been working nights and weekends and struggling to, uh, keep the right clients and keep the money rolling in. And I was working late into one Friday evening on my laptop. And my husband just came in and shut my laptop down. (laughs) And he was like, you know, the kids and I haven't seen you in a year and we're not going to live like that. And so it really kickstarted me into saying, oh, I have to find better ways to do this um, or it's just not going to be something that I can continue to pursue. So I'm grateful that he recognized that and felt able to say that to me, right? Like, we're just not going to live like this. We'll, we'll find a different way. You can, you know, we'll do whatever else we need to do, but we're not going to live like this. And at the same time, like I said, I, I found a great a business coach who has offered very much like what you were describing. I, I like to refer to as like concierge services, right? So whatever you need that's within the scope of what I can offer, I will do that for you. And it will, um, you know, sometimes my business coach has gotten onto a Zoom call with my husband and I at seven o'clock at night with me in tears um, because that's what needed to happen at that particular moment in order for us to get past whatever the big issue was in the business at that time. Um, and so he's been remarkable to work with in that way. I love what you're talking about in terms of it being a subscription-based service as well. Um, That's definitely a model that I lean towards and love in terms of like, these are the services that you're going to get from us and you're going to pay this. And and this is the value that we're bringing and that that's just a constant service that that your clients know that they can rely on. So I love that. It it makes sense. I mean, even, you know, so there's two arguments on that. There's an argument about saying, well, if people don't sign up for, you know, 12-month program of exercise or whatever it is, they're really not committed to it. It's like, yeah, maybe. I said, but then, but then the onus is on them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, the onus isn't on, on the gym owner, right? right. The, actually, gym, gym memberships actually depend on people not showing up. That's, yeah. how, that's, how, they, that's how they succeed. 
So the onus should be on you to deliver. I mean, it's like prepaying to go to the dentist. If every time you go to the dentist, it's a horrible experience, but you're committed to it for a year, you're going to keep going back, even mm -hmm. though it's a horrible experience. Right. And, you know, to, to me, that's, that's how it should be. It shouldn't be. And, and, you know, I've done, I've been a part of systems where you, you get people to commit for a year. And I just didn't think it was fair. It's, it just It just put all the onus on, the, the, the member to show up. And I've seen it because I've, because I've been in coaching for a, a long time. The reality is on those, those non-subscription based models, the success rate of most of those company, those clients is extremely low. Yeah. And I've witnessed it. I've witnessed people come in. Well, you've seen, I'm sure you've seen it too with, you know, gym memberships or whatever it is. The success rate is extremely low when they prepaid for the year, but when it's month to month and the person leaves, you should be able to say as a coach or a trainer consultant, I did everything possible to help them succeed. Yes. It's on, it's on you. Yes. But, and I've seen the success rate of it. I would, I, I couldn't pull data on it, but I would say it, it's, it's well below 25%. Yeah. Well below. Yeah. Of people, people who get actual success. Yeah. Yeah. We have um, colleagues in the business that are doing bookkeeping and consulting work that they are doing that signing annual contracts. And it's great. It's a business model that works for them, but ours has always been subscription month over month. If we're continuing to add value to your business, then you'll continue to come back. And the interesting, uh, cool part of it is that we have other services, add-on services that we offer. And most of our long-term clients, we've added value. They've been paying us month over month. No, no, long-term contracts for up to seven years now and they come back and ask us to add on those add-ons as well so they not only see our value but they see the add-ons that we can bring as well so i love it rick let's take a quick break and i want to talk mm -hmm. to one of your clients and and find out more about how your um, relationship works so we'll come back in just a couple minutes hey are you an accountant or bookkeeper in deep on the construction industry niche or maybe you're just thinking about throwing your hat in the ring we here at Construction Junction also host a roundtable over at Roundtable Labs, just for construction types like you. This isn't a workshop or seminar. Instead, we dive deep into the issues faced in this niche and the firms that serve them. We tackle topics together by crowdsourcing our experiences and areas of expertise. We also support each other when things get tough. Think of it as a cross between a mastermind and support group for financial types that you didn't know you needed. So if you're looking to build better construction clients as you build a better accounting business, give us a try. All right, welcome back uh, to the Construction Junction podcast. I've been joined uh, by Rick Harris today, and now also joining us is Adam. I'm going to try this. Adam, is it Gadecki? Is that your last name? Go to key. Go to key. I was so close. Yep. <laughs> um, and Adam's uh, joining us with GT Construction and also Gutters by GT. Um, one of the things that we were chatting about before we started the podcast today that I would uh, love to kind of um, let our listeners in on, which is something I think that your um, team has done really right, is you were telling me, Adam, that you guys kind of started out as more of that uh, GC sort of jack of all trades company, but you really decided that you needed to sort of move in more towards a niche or niche for our Canadian listeners <laughs> um, and uh, move closer to something that you guys can really be experts in. Tell us more about that. Yeah. So, I mean, when I started business, I was, I was working for a dollar. I mean, if somebody had money to spend, 
we wanted to be able to accept it. I had a really hard time saying no to anything because somebody that had a project to do felt like income to me. I mean, that's, that's what income used to look like to me. Um, and then, I mean, like I was listening to Rick talking the last in the last episode here is, I mean, the up and down, the crash and burn. I mean, I can relate to every single piece of this, even the partnership. I mean, I started my business out of a partnership because I was too scared to take the risk alone. I wanted somebody to share it with. And it lasted one year. We're doing buyouts. I'm taking over everything else because it just wasn't, it wasn't set up to be successful. Um, and then we started to realize we're like, we need to find that category that we are the experts in that we specialize in something that's going to be a lot easier for us to coach and train our staff into the experience that we're leaving with the customer. We have more time to focus on the customer experience because the work is second nature to everybody we have here. So it's not, not necessarily running into situations of we've never seen this before. What are we going to do? How are we going to, how are we going to fight through this? We still run into courses of problems like that, but they're completely different. I mean, these are now learning opportunities rather than running into a cycle that we haven't been in the industry long enough to see something like this. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. One of my um, favorite books, we were talking about the E-Myth earlier in the last segment. One of my other favorite books is, um, um, by Mike McCallowitz called the pumpkin plan. And it's very much all about this, right? Like find what you can do really well and how you can serve your ideal client. And then just cut off all those other little smaller pumpkins that aren't producing as much income and just really go after how you can serve your ideal client to the best of your ability. So Adam, how did you find Rick? How did you get in touch with Rick and get started working with him? I was actually a part of another, um, coaching platform that, Rick was actually a coach at, um, just, just out there. I was kind of the same thing. Um, too afraid to ask for help. I mean, you're, it's almost like you're, you're not, you're not willing to swallow your pride and realize that you don't have all the answers. I mean, you don't know what you're going to do differently. You think, you know, and you try things and find out that they don't work. I mean, like the stories Rick was given, you get to the end of the year and your tax guy says, Hey, guess what? we have great news. You made a lot of money and here's your bill. And (laughs) there was, there was no planning for it before. So, I mean, having, having those steps in place. um, I mean, Rick was somebody I ran across, uh, ran across before and just kind of followed him on his journey of where he's going. Because I mean, like he's mentioned before, he, he works with people month to month because he's, he, he knows the value that he holds and what he can do to help people. It's not necessarily the knowledge that he's giving you, it's the continued implementation of, I mean, we know what we're supposed to do. I mean, I've worked with Rick for probably two or three years now. And I mean, we know what we're supposed to be doing, but the hardest person for me to lead is myself. So having a guy like Rick beside me is, is my real pusher to do the things that I know I'm supposed to be doing day in and day out that might not be. Yes. I, I, 100% relate to that in my own coaching relationship with my coach that, you know, they're, he's the one that's there to sort of like keep pushing me in that right direction. And like you said, uh, I loved your wording that the hardest person for you to lead is yourself. It's so true. It's so true. And that piece of being able to say, okay, um, how can I delegate out the work and 
know that it's going to be able to be done correctly, even if I'm not the one doing it. That's hard to do. And also, I don't know how many times we've brought new uh, team members onto our team. And I've been like, okay, here are the tools that we have in place. Here's our standard operating procedures. And I'm sorry, I am the one who follows the standard operating procedures the least, right? <laughs> because as the owner, I feel like it's okay if I just go around and do things different. And I, it can't be that way, right? Like we have to be pushing the business forward in the same direction as everybody else and not constantly being the bottleneck that's stopping everything from working correctly. So how often do you and Rick get together and meet, Adam? What's kind of your um, regular rhythm there as a working relationship? We used to do weekly, um, and we've just been experimenting with stuff now, switching to bi-weekly, um, giving more time to implement. I mean, it's easier to attend meetings when it's uh, when it's on a bi-weekly schedule. So um, so right now we're doing bi-weekly meetings. It's something we're, something we're experimenting with moving, moving forward with throughout, throughout the programs, like what Rick does. That's awesome. So Rick, one of the things then is again, going back to that, why I was saying calling it concierge services, it's really tailored. It sounds like to the specific needs of that client that you're working with at the time. And, and, and it's, what's interesting is it, what we found is the weekly, the weekly meetings, trying to implement what we're working on, trying to live your life trying to run your business and then all the other things, it gets overwhelming and you're like, you don't do anything. So not only does what we're trying to coach and train on suffer, but everything suffers because you go into this flight or fight mode and you end up running away from everything and everything, everything suffers. So, so adapting it to what the clients want, it makes, makes perfect sense. And, and, and the, the way I struck on this is, is I kept seeing clients not, getting stuff done i finally said am i making you feel guilty by asking him to do these things every week he's like oh for god's sakes yes i'm afraid to admit it but i feel guilty not getting it done so i don't get anything done and it's too much for me i said what if we met bi-weekly oh we can do that whatever you want you tell me what it is you want if you want me to call you every single day to see how you're doing i will call you every single day if you want me to text you every single day i will do that which I currently do with most of with most of my clients because they say I, I constantly every single day, what are you doing? What are you working on? You suck on anything? Let me know. Give me a shout. Give me a text message, whatever it is you need. So that's where it comes to comes down to adapting stuff. I mean, we have an action plan that we're, we're developing. And Adam's been so great that he's he's actually been giving giving me feedback of what he needs. And because I'm getting feedback of what he needs, is helping everybody else out. So everybody contributes to the entire program and as I said on a session this morning I was on with with this, this group and I said anything I'm telling you is not new it is just repackaged and repurposed it's just a different spin on it and somebody said well how do I get motivated and and one of the other coaches that I chat with all the time said do something just do something and that will get the motivation going so and I always say this to, to everybody that I work with. It's like, I love working with you guys. I learn as much from you guys as I do from you. You're learning from me. It is a, it is a two-way street. And I'm here just to facilitate. I just have, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I'm just happen to be the guy that controls the mute button. So that's, that's it. So we work together and we try and solve problems together. And I have said to some of my clients, I said, we will get to a point where I've run out of things to teach you. And then it is my responsibility to send you off to somebody else. 
so much the same as you know um i thoroughly believe in the, you know the, the giver's gain attitude which is where i have strategic alliances with other people that are going to say you need help with this go talk to them and anybody that i send them to doesn't send me a, a pound of flesh back or a kickback or anything else it's just like go look after them please just take care of these people they need what you offer just go go look after them and i've said to them if the person that i'm sending you to gives you more value than i am giving you then you go see that person and you drop what i'm doing yeah no, that's exactly how we look at our services over here at the profit constructors as well. I and mean, we've had folks that we call it, we call it graduating out of our system because we work in QuickBooks online. We work with smaller contractors. Um, and there's a point at which as they, again, as like we were talking about earlier, as every business grows, it comes with new growing pains. We recently had a client that came to us and said, look, we, we feel like maybe we've outgrown the project management software that we're working in. And if we switch to this other project management software that we're looking at, that means we're going to grow away from QuickBooks Online as well. We're gonna to have to go into something larger like Sage or some other um, you know, larger ERP system. And I said, great, um, I'll be with you every step of the way up until the point where you move on from the systems that our team knows, and then we'll help you find the next best uh, partner to help you in those systems. So yeah, uh, 100%, it's all about helping them elevate their business. And when we know that it's above our pay grade, that's fine. It's time for us to help them graduate to that next level. And I'm, I'm always super excited when one of our client companies does that. Cause to me, that means we've done the best of our ability to help them get to that point. Yep. Absolutely. Um, Adam, do you mind sharing a little bit about um, kind of some of the things that Rick and you have worked on in your business uh, areas that you've been able to improve because of working with Rick? Yeah. I mean, depending on how far back you want to go. I mean, I started, um, I started out with Rick was kind of my, one of my beginning coaches in the construction sphere. Um, I had mindset coach before that, which, which is kind of what led me into, into the program Rick was doing. Um, but really around gathering your time was the biggest thing. I mean, we always had to start with, I mean, we, we want all these big and awesome things and, I want to run for these and Rick would kind of pull us in and be like, well, we're going to work on two things. We're going to work on time and your team. And that's all that matters. They're like, nothing else matters on what you're doing for scaling efficiencies. Because if you can't control the time on your calendar and what your team is doing, then you're lost. Then you're, there's nothing left. So, um, and that can, and that can be a different venture for everybody. I mean, we kind of we kind of got majority of my stuff done in a few months to figure out where I was going, but I find myself continually two or three years later going back to look at what does my calendar look like. I mean, my my life represents what my calendar looks like and the things that I do. Where do I spend my time and things like that? I mean, I find myself it's kind of funny now because I mean I heard you talking before in other episodes about work until who knows what time at, at night. I mean, plug in, plug in every hour that you can for your business. And I used to do the same thing up until, I mean, I had an injury that would have been very life-threatening and kind of flipped the switch for me in 2017. Like, what am I doing? I'm not, I'm not here to just work my whole life. And so I find myself now where I don't work weekends. I mean, I'm trying to, trying to schedule appointments with somebody and I'll be like, well, my time is really bugged out for the next couple of weeks because, I mean, we're starting, I'm getting the guys going at seven o'clock in the morning and 
by four o'clock, I got to check out of here because my kids got basketball. I'm doing this and that. We're going to go fishing. I mean, my time matters. And I just, I never had that before. So, I mean, whether you, whether you feel like the business side of your calendar is really fixing itself. I mean, I've, I've brought myself, I mean, three days a week in personal time that I never had before. And so, I mean, whether, whether the work stuff is perfect right now or not, doesn't matter because I'm, I'm living the life that I want to live now while I fix the rest of it to, to be where I want to be. So, I mean, more or less now we're working on tactical things on what can I do this week and this month that's going to put me a little closer so that we can peel that back. And I mean, just things that we need to start measuring on. I mean, going out and putting door hangers on doors. I mean, we're putting separate separate codes to our forms on that so we can track it and say, what's the efficiency? I mean, do we crank this up? Do we throw it away? Where do we got to be? So, I mean, that's, that's a lot of stuff we're, we're testing with right now is on the marketing atmospheres of things. I love that. <clears throat> Absolutely. Genuinely love the idea of starting with, and, you know, like you were saying, I had shared some of my story on that own account as well. One of the, um, you know, starting with, with creating boundaries around your own time and just making sure uh, that you're handling that well. One of the words that I keep hearing really pretty much fresh here in this new year of 2023 is alignment. And I love that, like aligning the work that I'm doing with the life that I want to live. And as long as those two are in alignment, it's okay. I love it so much more than that whole work-life balance thing, because that almost makes it feel like there's this scale and I kind of have to give this a little bit more sometimes and this a little bit more sometimes. And I don't love that, but I like just when those two things are in alignment, I'm, I'm happy, right? Because I'm doing the work that I enjoy, but I also have the personal time and the life that I wanted to live at the same time. Yeah. I almost feel like the work-life balance. I used to really live by that and want to push that as far as employees go that we give you a work-life balance. But I mean, now that you mention it, I haven't really used that term lately because it's kind of skewed. I mean, whether, whether it's on the work or the personal side, which are you wanting me to spend more time doing and why would I want to do that? I mean, if I'm aligning my calendar the way I want to live, I mean, you look, you look at somebody's, look at somebody's checkbook and their calendar, how they spend their time and how they spend their money. I mean, if they're, if they're not doing the things that they want to be doing, that's why they're not living a fulfilling life. I mean, if you if you can't go through the journey of going from a hundred thousand dollars a year to a million to five million and do the things that you enjoy, I mean, then what are you doing it for? Yep. Yeah. What was the purpose? I love that. Yeah. Having purpose behind whatever it is that we're doing. I think that um putting those pieces together, one of the one of the clients that we work with all the time told me that one of his coaches had at some point told him, and I think as business owners, we all tend to be A-type personalities. And so if it's not perfect, then we don't want to step back or away from that project. And one of his business coaches had told our client, um, done is better than perfect, right? And so back to something you had said earlier, Rick, I think about like, you're just going to take the next step. That's that's what we're going to do next. We're not going to focus on everything all at once because we can't, but we're going to take the next step, the next right step for ourselves, for the business, whatever the case may be. Um, and getting something done 
is often better than making sure that every aspect is perfect. How do you kind of handle that with your clients too, Rick, and helping them sort of step back and, and seeing like, we can't do everything all at once. It can't all be perfect. Well, it's interesting. So, so this is where I kind of, you talked about, you know, being the coach, trainer, consultant, mentor, all the other stuff is sprinkling things that I've done, things that I've learned, things that have been taught, you know, I've gone through the job, I'm part of the John Maxwell team. So I've got all my training through them. I've had a, bro, a Proctor Gallagher coach. Um, so I've got tons of tons of training on that. And just saying, we talked about this morning as progress over perfection. We did, and we talked about too work-life balance. And I said, there's no such thing as just life. You just gotta figure it out. And getting them just to see a plan on paper because if we have a spreadsheet, these are the things we're working on. We go through it. This is what we're working on for the month of January. Why haven't you done anything? We just get it done. Um, and God love Adam, but he, with those door hangers, he was like, yeah, I do, I do this, do this. It's like. It's good enough. Just get them out there. It doesn't really matter what it what it says, what the QR code says. As you can always change it. It's a QR code. You can always change it. And but just get it out there. But the other thing that I layered on top of that, I said, don't think that this good is going to bring you in two hundred thousand dollars worth of work. It is only a piece, just a small, very small piece of of of, of your marketing plan. And I said, if it brings back a one percent return, I said that's amazing. I said, that's all you're looking for with that kind of thing. So I will push, 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 push. So I, it's what's interesting is I'm wired in a way that I move really, really, really quickly. So there are times where I will listen to what the guys are talking about. And then I find okay, that's enough. <laughs> I, because I'm a contractor, I can talk to them like a contractor. It's like, just freaking get it done. It's like I said on a job site one time to the, to the team that we're, we're renovating a washroom. And I have more colorful language than this. I said, we're not building freaking rocket ships to send to the moon. We're building a washroom. Can we just get something done today? Yes. I love so it. Don't make it. Don't make it more complicated. It, it just, just, yeah. just, just, get, just get it done. You know? And what I love about Adam too is for as long as I've known him, he has put time with his sons and his family as a priority he has and the reason you say what do you mean put he has scheduled it in as a priority he has made it something that he has to get done and looking back on my life as a contractor it was something i wish i had done it's something i wish i had scheduled in there and i remember saying to adam and a group of guys one time i said do not your kids are only kids for a very short period of time and I said, the one thing I miss about being a father is having those little arm, those arms of like a little three or four or five year old wrapped around my neck. I said, don't wait for those arms to be wrapped around your neck to be belonging to your grandchildren. I said, because it moves so quickly. Yeah. I'm, a, my, I'm a grandfather and I love spending time with my grandkids. And what, what Adam does is what I've done. And I think I may have followed his lead that when uh, I take Fridays, Fridays are a free time day. And it's what you're saying too, Tony, about, you know, that work-life balance. It is free time, which means I can do what I want. If I want to work, I'll work. If I don't want to work, I don't want to work. If I want to sleep in, I will sleep in. I can do whatever I want on that day. Yeah. And it's, it's important to be able to choose that. So that's the balance. Yeah. If it's not, if it's not work, if you're enjoying what you're doing. Right. No, 100%. And in, I think back to that whole thing of like, if everything is in alignment, when I first started this business, one of the reasons um, was because my husband and I had made the decision when our children were little that we wanted to homeschool them. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll work from home and I'll be able to homeschool. But that whole first year, as I had mentioned before, 
We weren't, we, I wasn't, I was there, but my mom also lived with us and she was taking more care of the kids than I was. I went, this is, this is not why I started this. I started this business for a whole different reason. And so if it's not in alignment, if this business isn't in alignment with the actual purpose that it was originally created for, for me to be there, to be with my kids, to do things. And so immediately when I, one of the, just like uh, you were talking about Adam with working with Rick, when I brought my coach in, one of the first things he said was, well, did you put that school time on the calendar? I went, oh no. He's like, well, put it on the calendar and stick to it. And you'll have set time every day. And that's what we do. Um, you know, there is school time on my calendar. And so now everyone that's on my team knows that that time is not available for me to be doing work. I'm not going to be doing meetings or whatever the other things are, because that's the time I'm spending doing school, school things with the kids. And so it's just important to, um, make, to mark the boundary lines and say, this is the time on the calendar. There's for this thing. Um, and put that aside. So thank you guys so much for this conversation. I think it was uh, very good. I think that our listeners will get a lot out of this. Um, Rick, if folks wanted to find out more about working with WorkBoots, how could they find out more about that? Uh, WorkBootConsulting.com is the website. You can find us on uh, Instagram and social media, WorkBootConsulting.com, wherever Rick, Rick Harris. Awesome. Easy enough. Yeah. Great. Thanks, Rick. Thank you, Adam. It was great talking with both of yep. you. Thanks, Tanya. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Construction Junction. To find out more about the junction between accounting and construction, please email hello at theprofitconstructors.com.